athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Hey, yo, look like I'm going for a swim. Dunk on him, now I'm swinging off the rim. National Football League draft continues. I'm not really a big draft guy. I care more about the players that are being drafted than I do about the National Football League draft. But ultimately, we will talk some draft today on the program, amongst many other things. Welcome to the Dopey Show on radio from the press box to press row. I am your host, Donald Ware. Got a lot of NBA talk on the program as well. And and going back to the National Football League draft and speaking about talking to players today, as a matter of fact, uh, in a couple of minutes, we're going to be joined by now former North Carolina A&T left tackle Brandon Parker going to join us today here on the program. Before I go any further, big shots out to North Carolina A&T. I had a chance to co-host It's Athletic Banquet on Monday with uh, Tracy McCain, who is a uh, a local uh, newscaster there. As a matter of fact, had big big fun. It's a lot of fun. It was just a great time and had a chance to actually see Brandon Parker's every bit of 6'8". And um, so he's definitely going to hear his name called in the National Football League draft. Also, big shots out to Shaw University. Had a chance to uh, emcee. It's Athletic Banquet on Wednesday, where the speaker, as a matter of fact, was the legendary Willie Jeffries, the first black coach or head coach of a 1A school and then the only HBCU graduate to be the head coach of a 1A school. So big shots out to A&T and Shaw as well. But again, we're going to really get into some things here on the program. You got a game seven, uh, as a matter of fact, on Saturday between the Celtics and the Bucks. What a series that has been. That has been an outstanding series. I think I've said that the Celtics would, in fact, win it. They went up three games to two, and then ultimately game six came back to Milwaukee on Thursday, and Milwaukee handled its business. The Greek freak is the real deal, but you got guys, you know, Eric Bledsoe and Chris Middleton, that's a that's a good young team. I think ultimately when it goes back um, to Boston on Saturday, I think ultimately when it's all said and done, I think that the Celtics win this series. Um, I mean, they 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 you know they got a really good coach and Brad Stevens, some some solid players, some some young guys, but then some guys with some playoff experience as well. And again, this is a bit of a different team than it was on last year, but a lot of the guys still there when you're talking about Horford and Marcus Smart, who's finally back. And, you know, you got Jalen Brown, who's played, uh, you know, he's played well throughout this series and, and, and those guys. So, I mean, they got a core group that I think ultimately gets to the next round. And then we have a game one of the Western Conference semifinals between Golden State and New Orleans. Wow, New Orleans, I mean, New Orleans, I never expected New Orleans to sweep its series, and that is, in fact, what the Hornets did. And they're going to have to take on Golden State. Uh, They won't have Steph at least to begin, meaning the Warriors won't have Steph to at least begin the series, but still, nonetheless, I think Golden State comes out of that. But give New Orleans credit um, for even being where they are. So we're going to talk um, some NBA here on the program. Going back to the National Football League draft, Laz Alonso, actor Laz Alonso, he uh, graduated 
from Howard University is a huge Redskin fan and, as a matter of fact, has been asked by the Redskins to announce the Redskins' fourth-round pick. So Laz Alonso going to join us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Speaking of celebrities and Hollywood, also joining us today on the program will be actress Paula Patton. Actress Paula Patton also going to join us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. You can email me at the program also, HBCU, at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W.com. Or hit me up on Facebook, B-O-X, the number 2-R-O-W. Thank you to all of those listening to us on our great affiliates around the country that carry from the press box to press row. Those listening to us on Sirius XM, Channel 142, and those listening to us around the world at BoxToRow.com. Let's continue here on from the press box to press row. The NFL draft has begun. And on the line, we are joined by a young man. As a matter of fact, played left tackle for the North Carolina A&T Aggies, was named the MEAC Offensive Player of the Year three straight years, 2015, 2016, 2017. Expects to hear his name called in the NFL draft. He's Brandon Parker. He joins us here on from the press box to press row. Brandon, welcome to the program. Absolutely, man. I wouldn't have it any other way. So I got to start here. Um, talk. About, listen, you proposed after you guys won the beat, beat North Carolina Central. It had been three years since you had beaten the Eagles. You proposed uh, to your girlfriend who said yes. So now she is your, in fact, fiance. What, what led you? Was was that just the right moment to do that? Is that is that something you had planned out? I actually had did it before the game, and it was something I had planned out. You know, it been a, we had been dating for forever, and I knew that I wanted to be a kind of part of my journey for the rest of the time. So it was just something I had to kind of talk about my coaches, but, you know, they're fine with it. I think all of us, man, that have, that are married or have been married at some point, um, you know, you, it's always you, – you know you know, you, you know your person, right? But you, it may be always that doubt in the back of that of your mind. Did, did, did the doubt creep in that she may uh, say no? Not really, no. I just, you know, knew we had, you know, she was the one for me, I was the one for her, and I think it just, you know, we both knew it was time, so I had no doubt about it when I asked her. Yeah, no question about it. So, again, you had a chance to participate in the NFL Combine and wait, and, uh, I mean, 68305, man. You know, I had a chance to see you at the A&T uh, Athletics Banquet, man, and I, I think you've grown since the football season ended, man. Just talk about your time at the Combine. I enjoyed it. You know, it was a uh, fast paced. It was a little pressure field, but I think that's they do that on purpose to see how you thrive under pressure. But it was, I mean, it was living the dream. I enjoyed every moment of it. Yeah. What well, What were some of the things? I mean, obviously there were some physical things that you had to go through, um, but but what were some of the, the the mental things, like some of the questioning and stuff uh, like that? I, I know you were. I, mean, I know you were prepared for that. Um, it was. I mean, a lot of it was just seeing how you, you know, how you thought, how well did you know football, uh, what, what type of mindset, what type of person you are, just getting a feel for who you are, so that way if they bring an organization, they already gotta know who you are. And then, uh, of course, uh, what did it mean to you, man, to to be able to be part at at A and T of, of two uh, black college national championships and winning that celebration bowl twice, of course, more recently this past football season. Uh, it felt good to be part of that championship run. You know, I was want to say I was part of Broadway's full class. You know, when he finally got all his scholarships back from APR. So um, I think that by him bringing us in there, us buying it to the culture, we definitely started to change the face of the program. That the voice of Brandon Parker, now formerly of North Carolina A and T, played left tackle. Hoping to hear his name called in the NFL draft. He joins us here on from the press box to press row. And what did it mean? I mean, you, you know, that time there, it's been three great seasons at A&T, uh, the last three seasons. But what was it like? Talk about being able to block for Tariq Cohen, who is now playing in the National Football League with the Bears, of course, a fourth round draft pick on last year. Uh, it, was, it was special. I mean, like, as you see him, you know, just breaking loose all type of ways in the NFL. I was used to him doing that for four years. So, I mean, it's. You barely touch a guy, he's gone. I mean, you give him that guy, you give him an inch, he gives you a yard. I mean, this is crazy what he can do. 
Yeah, and and what did it mean? He 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 was able to break the the all time record in 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 Miak uh, rushing history back in uh, 2016. And you he came right off left tackle, right behind you. You opened up a big hole for him to make that 63 yard run. What did that mean to you? Um, it, it meant a lot, you know, knowing that I could be a part of that and be the big reason as to why he got all those yards. Uh, it's just, it's not enough to be said about that. You know, a lot of it was just him, the type of special athlete he is, but just knowing that you would have got out front kind of putting in the dirty work for him to get all those yards is a great feeling. You know, your dad played, uh, he played at Carolina, as a matter of fact. What kind of influence, um, you know, did he have on you in terms of being able as an offensive lineman in terms of, being able to teach you some techniques and things of that nature? Um, he, he taught me a lot. You know, uh, if I had any questions as far as technique, even from high school days all the way up, I could always, you know, we had a bag in the garage. We could go get and do drills outside, you know, getting to pick his brain about how he sees certain stuff as far as, you know, schemes and best ways to block things and little technique corners. I mean, he's always been there and always has been a you know huge uh, factor to my success. And then Ron Mattis, he's a, the offensive line coach there at A&T. How much of an influence uh, has he been on you? Oh, he's been a great influence. Just having somebody with that type of NFL experience and just his level of coaching that can kind of break down techniques that you didn't know or kind of teach you a new way of things and you know really really be a master of just the game is just having somebody like that at your disposal is a great help. Brandon Parker joins us here on the program, hoping to hear his name, and he surely is going to hear his name called uh in the nfl draft so now you originally i mean a guy i mean you're you know six eight so you played you played some basketball in high school right how did that how did that translate um and in how much i guess you played both basketball and uh football in high school uh it, it translated well you know um i think basketball really prepared my feet as far as you know being able to I guess kick slide and stay in front of people because, you know, in, in, a, in a way, pass blocking is nothing but just one-on-one with hands. So it kind of playing basketball kind of taught me the leverage principality and learning how to move my feet and stay in front of people. Some of the things, man, you have a lot of strengths. What, what are some of the things that you think you, you need to work on? Uh, I think, you know, with the right program, I think definitely this is a given anywhere you go because, you know, you're working on NFL-level programs and nutrition and all that. But just getting overall overall strength. I guess increase when I get there would be one of the biggest things that is going to help me have success. What um what has Tariq Cohen talked with you about with respect to this process? Um, just you know treat everything like a business interview. You know, I mean, you're you're naturally the person you are. You're you're going to have fun everywhere you go. You know, you're going to make people. You're going to meet new people and make friends. And just remember that you're not there to make friends. This is about you and you know, really advance your career and trying to get a job. So just make sure you remain professional as much as possible. Lastly, where are you going to be in terms of uh, of watching and uh, the the draft to see when you're going to be selected? And what do you think that that feeling is going to be like when your name is called? I, I don't know. I think my emotions are going to be all over the place. I'm watching it at home uh, the first two nights, and then we'll be at uh, the YMCA here in Kannapolis on Saturday watching it. But, I'm sure my emotions are going to be all, all over the place that night. So uh, I think I'll be able to tell you how it feels after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, man, and we'll get you back. Of course, Brandon Parker now, formerly of North Carolina A&T, left tackle, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Brandon, we appreciate the time, man. We look forward to hearing your name called in the draft. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Still to come, Laz Alonso. Up next, actress Paula Patton. It's Donald Ware, host of From the Press Box to Press Row, the biggest names, our guests on Box to Row. Hey, everybody, what's going on? This is Anthony Anderson, international movie star and funny mother. And you're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. Well, I'm just, you know, trying to get better every single day, and I enjoy playing with a great group of guys. Hey, this is Ronda Rousey. You know what you say. This is the one and only Eagle Double G. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey, man, thanks for letting me talk a little music, movies, and Sports, hey, my favorite three topics. Hey, say what's happening, man? It's TFT, man. Hello, this is Aretha Franklin, Queen of Soul. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, it's really focused. It's really, you know, excited. Missed any of these interviews? Then check us out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real, relevant radio. 
for the press box to press row. And BoxToRow.com, your HBCU sports leader. Continue here on From the Press Box to Press Row. The movie Traffic is in theaters now. One of the stars of the movie, matter of fact, you've seen her in movies such as Deja Vu, Precious, Just Right, Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol, Warcraft, and others. She is the one and only Paula Patton. She joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Paula, welcome to the program. Uh, thank you so much, Donald. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Just your th- I've read a couple of things about Traffic. I've actually seen... The trailer for it looks very, very good. I just want to kind of get your thoughts. What made you decide to be involved in this movie? Well, you know, I, I've been wanting to produce movies uh, for a while, and I have some of my own projects I'm trying to get off the ground. But my friend, uh, Jeff Clanagan, who owns Cold Black Entertainment, he came to me and said, I think there's a great opportunity for you to produce something um, that in the, in, in, the, in the genre you like. Um, so he put me together with Dion, and I read his script, and I, I was like, absolutely, there's so much potential here. Because it was my desire to, you know, the movies that I want to make are movies that people want to see on a Friday night, you know, and and forget their their whole week at work and their bills and such. Um, but also if it can impart some knowledge and, and move people um, in some way, because I want to be moved too, you know, and open our hearts and minds a little bit, then to me that's a perfect bit of entertainment and the kind of movies I'd like to make. So I, I saw the opportunity with this film to do that. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that, and I think that movie will in fact do that. And, you know, of course there's a a human trafficking element to this movie that Salvation Army and others are really trying to combat or are combating, I should say. Can you can you kind of speak to that part of it as well? Yes. Well, first, I would like to say, you know, it's really important that we call this what it is because it's slavery. Seriously, it's not modern day slavery, but it's slavery in the modern day that we're living in. And I think when we start telling the truth and calling things what they are, we can start to deal with them properly. You know, it's the lying or the sort of like I feel like human trafficking is, is a way for people to be confused to call it that and think it's happening in another country or something. But when you hear slavery, you know exactly what that is and you need to know that's happening right uh, here in our backyard, here in America, in seemingly idyllic, you know, suburban neighborhoods um, and all over. Absolutely. You're, so now, can tell us about, is it is it Bria or is it Bree, the, the role that you play? Brea. Brea, I'm sorry. Brea. Can you? It does, it's okay. It doesn't matter how you pronounce her name. I mean, we're not particular about that. It matters. So I'm sorry. So, Brea, talk to her. Who, who is Brea? Well, Brea, um, in, the, in the movie, she's a person uh, that is, she's at a crossroads in her life, you know. She's, at a, she's a journalist, and um, her job is in jeopardy because she's, you know, always takes sort of an intellectual approach instead of really uh, digging in um, and getting her feet dirty, uh, so to speak. And um, and she's also, you know, in a new romance, she's she and she's scared of love, you know. She's been uh, burned and heartbroken before, so um, she's nervous about this new love she's in. And and but then she takes a leap of faith, and they go on this um, uh, weekend getaway that starts off great and sexy, but then they make a stop at a truck stop, and um, things go horribly wrong from there. And the movie turns into the thriller suspense ride that it is, and takes you into the world of um, well, we'll call it slavery, but you know, in human trafficking. Yeah. That the voice of Paula Patton. Her new film, Traffic, is in theaters now. She joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. And what an outstanding cast, Paula, yourself, Omar Epps, Laz Alonzo, uh, Rosalind Sanchez, and others. Talk about working with this cast. Oh, it was such a great experience because we were all friends. Um, Laz and I had worked on Jumping the Broom together, and uh, Rosalind and I knew each other from just around the way, but then we became good friends through the movie. And um, and Omar and his wife Keisha and I, we've been friends for years. And so uh, it was just kind of like, you know, it was like family getting together, and uh, we just we just had a, a blast doing it. Sure. Can, can I take you back to... 
Uh, now, your first film was was Hitch, right? Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, that's well, correct. So, but but I need to take you back a little bit after that because I'm a I'm a big Jerry Bruckheimer fan. So, and, yes. and we like Denzel too. So, I mean, of course, we went yes. to go see the film Deja Vu, and I yes. mean that was like your breakout role. Can what do you remember most about? Um, that role in playing in Deja Vu and working with Denzel, uh, you know, Jerry Bruckheimer, uh, Val Kilmer, et cetera. What do you remember most about that? Oh, my God. I think probably getting the job, you know, it was a miracle. <laughs> I, I, I didn't really even have a movie out yet. I had done a movie called Idlewild, but it hadn't gone, it hadn't been out in theaters yet. And so um, <laughs> to get the movie with Denzel Washington it was like a dream come true. And I just remember I got I had been waiting to hear I had done the audition and days went by, and then it was in the morning, the phone rang, and I screamed, and I remember <laughs> Robin woke up, and I ran to him, and I was like, it was just a, what a glorious moment. It was incredible. Yeah. That's and, what I remember most. Yeah, that is so odd, because, I mean, you, you were new on the scene, and it was a great move, and again, I'm a big Jerry Bruckheimer fan yes. um, as I, well. I, yeah. Well, and Tony Scott, he was yeah. he was our director, yeah. and Tony Scott was just an incredible man, and he made so many great films, and people really need to know him as a filmmaker because so much of the style of of television and movies you see today, uh, he really was the uh, inventor of. Yeah, no question about it. So, a couple of more thoughts: Warcraft, um, you know, great film. You were the lead. In, in, in that film, your thoughts and maybe maybe memories of that. I know that was only a couple of years ago, but it's a great film. You know what, that movie was at a really important time in my life, and I just remember that really that character kind of, um, it, it gave me a strength I didn't know I had, and um, and it really, it, it helped get me through a, a very you know, challenging moment in my life, but, but a moment I look back at with such, you know, fondness, it really just helped me grow. A couple of more thoughts with Paula Patton. So, Typically, you're now. I, I see you got this. You're like you got the whole blonde look going. You you look great. Can you can you kind of talk? What, what led you to kind of do that? Well, you know what? It was really the haircut. I just I had a weave in my hair and I I needed to cut it out. <laughs> and I decided, well, let's just go even shorter. And um and then you know if you just like, hey, you know, it's just hair. So let's put some color in it because even if it burns, you know, it won't be much to burn. <laughs> no. So, so it was just a fun experiment, really. Absolutely. Just your life seems to be going well for you. Can you kind of speak to that? Yes, it is. You know, I, I guess it's no secret and I, um, that I'm in love and um, yes. and I'm just I'm really the truth is, is that I've been in the pursuit of happiness. You know, I believe that all of us, but I know I've, I've suffered too much and I cared too much about what everybody else was thinking. And, you know, you live in this place where you're worried about the past and worried about the future. and You're not enjoying this moment right now. And so I'm really, I'm really living more in the now than I've ever, and and I just, and I don't care what anybody else thinks, you know, because uh, I'm just living in my own truth and integrity. So I'm having fun. Absolutely. Last two thoughts. What's next for you? Do you have any upcoming projects? I I do. I I I I have a few things, but um, but you know what? I just I'm like kind of like let's just talk about what's happening right now. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just and let's go. Please go see this movie today. Absolutely. And celebrate, celebrate me watching um, our movie Traffic. Absolutely. <laughs> if you get, celebrate before you go see the movie, they're going to be even better. Absolutely. <laughs> the film Traffic is in theaters now. One of the stars of the film on the line joining us, Paula Patton. She joins us here. I'm from the press box. The press box. Can't let you get away. Are you a big sports fan? Before you, before you get away, are you a big sports fan? Are you into sports? I mean, I'm into sports. Playing sports, <laughs> but I don't. I don't really watch it very much, to be honest. I'm like, I'm that kind of person that you know watches the fourth quarter of a great basketball game, or you know, someone explains to me what's happening in football towards the end. And I enjoy, you know, what I, I enjoy the great moments of glory in sports. Truly, like you know, just when you watch somebody, you know, taking off down a field and running, outrunning everybody, and it, it's an exciting thing. Absolutely, Paula. We appreciate the time. Continued success in all you do. Thank you so much, Donald. I appreciate it. You got it, Paula. Actress Paula Patton joining us here on the program. Still to come here on from the press box to press row, actor Laz Alonso. He is going to announce the Redskins' fourth round pick, and so he's going to join us a little bit to talk about that, amongst other things. You know, um, you know. Again, I'm not. You know, you had all of these quarterbacks 
in the draft. And, and you know, honestly, I was happy to see Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, as a matter of fact, move up into the first round to take Lamar Jackson of Louisville, who won the Heisman Trophy a couple of years ago with the last pick of the first round of the National Football League draft. Because you heard a lot. I mean, when you watch this kid play in football or play in college, that is, he I mean, he was and even this past season. I mean, they didn't have obviously the Cardinals didn't have as great a season this past year as they did a couple of years ago. But I mean, you know, Lamar Jackson was really, really good and. His his stock really began to rise because you didn't hear a whole lot about him. He wasn't one of the the the, the quarterbacks that was talked about. And so, I mean, w- when you have a quarterback of that stature who has that kind of skill set, who has that kind of athleticism, but also has an arm to boot. Um, listen, I mean, you heard talk early on that this guy could have been maybe a mid round draft pick and. And and kudos to Ozzie Newsom, the general manager of the Ravens. This is his last draft. He's retiring after the end of this season. And I would say that the Ravens had an outstanding draft once again this year. They were able to get an earlier draft pick and then rounded out the the at least day one again by moving up to take Lamar Jackson, who definitely can be the future of this franchise. He's going to have at least. Uh, a year, I would say a couple of years to be able to really get his footing under him and to understand the National Football League game. Congratulations to Ozzie Newsom. As mentioned, up next here on From the Press Box to Press Row, we're talking with actor Laz Alonso after this small pause for the cause. This is From the Press Box to Press Row. Mo stars, mo names in the news, just mo sports with Donald Ware from the press box to press row. Let's continue here on from the press box to press row, and uh, we're going to talk a, a little bit of NFL draft here on the program, but we're going to do it a little bit differently because on the line we have an actor. As a matter of fact, you've seen him in a bunch of different movies, and of course, currently. He stars in the film Traffic. He's going to announce the fourth round pick of the Washington Redskins. He's Laz Alonzo. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Laz, welcome to the program. Hey, man. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. I, you know, I, I mean, you must be a, you must be a, like me. You must be. I know you're a Washingtonian like I am. You must be a Skins fan to uh, to, in fact, be able to announce the fourth round pick of the Skins. I'm not just a Skins fan. I am a diehard Skins fan <laughs> wearing my burgundy and gold in L.A. every Sunday. It is not a game. Yeah, I feel you. Like, I'm here, in, we're, we're here in North Carolina, you know, and, and, and we do the same thing. So, you know, how did this come about? It's a pretty big deal, man. How did it come about? You know, uh, I, I think social media really kind of, like, allowed the, the Redskins organization to know how big of a fan I am. You know, I, I'll get on there, and someday it becomes an all-out brawl between me and pretty much anybody in the NFC East. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I'm either liked or, or hated, uh, but, but there's no in-between uh, uh, every Sunday. Yeah, yeah, I, I got, I'm, I'm, I, listen, you know, we're, we're fans of the Skins. We, we, you know, we both grew up in Washington. It, it, it's been, you know, kind of frustrating. If, if you, where, where, for this fourth round pick, where would you go? Like, what are the needs? What are, in your estimation, what are the needs for the Skins? So, in my estimation, you know, I, I think that having a go-to running back, somebody who is a, a, uh, a threat in the backfield, is really going to open up situations for both, you know, Alex Smith, who I'm extremely happy that uh, we made that trade and got, got Alex Smith. Um, big fan of his, uh, e- even from before when he, when he was at San Fran, you know. So, so I really believe in his talent, and I, and I believe that he's going to bring a lot of, um, uh, of completions, especially in the red zone, which is what we were lacking uh, for the last few years. Um, and then it's going to also help just help our offense all together, man. I mean, once you've got, you know, that, that running threat, then it, it really makes it puts conservative. It, it makes defenses play a little more conservatively and puts them on their heels, you know. So uh, I'm hoping that we can do that 
You know, I'm happy with the guys we have now, but all it's going to do is just enhance, you know, our offense. Yeah, do you, I mean, do, do you sometimes when you're on Twitter, do you like sometimes get in, in arguments with Skins fans? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You know, I, 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 I was very vocal back, you know, especially during the RG3 era. You know, so you kind of have like this leftover set of RG3 fans, and then you got the uh, Kirk Cousins fans, you know, who always wanted him to start. And so, you know, for the last few years, I think there's been kind of like an internal uh, civil war, so to speak, <laughs> between camps that either love Kirk or hated Kirk. At the end of the day, you know, Skins fans, you want to see your team win. Um, but but there was always kind of like that that question of, you know, can this guy take us where we need to go? And I'm really happy that that, that 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 whole conversation is behind us now. We can all move together as fans again. You know, we're all rooting for the same team. We all want the same results. And I think that Alex Smith, you know, game one is going to show us who he really is. One, one last thought. I mean, I, and, I, and I, I preface that question to say this, not that we're going to, you know, but I, 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 I hear your point about Alex Smith. Can I give it to you from another vantage point? Like, I was okay with them not re-signing Kirk Cousins, especially that he got the guaranteed deal. I'm okay with that because they weren't really obviously comfortable with him. But they also, in getting Alex Smith, they signed him. He's a little bit older. He's essentially, the, to me, the same quarterback as Cousins, a little bit older. He doesn't have the weapons that he had in Kansas City and that he had in San Francisco. Furthermore, the Skins give up Kendall Fuller, a young, good defensive player. True, true. However, you know, here's the thing. He's a little older, but he's got experience. And I believe that he's a little cooler under pressure than Kirk Cousins was. Okay. You know, and that to me is, is, is the biggest thing is, you know, whenever we had a, a high-pressure game and you needed somebody to put the game on their shoulders and basically will us into victory, I never felt that sense of true security that Kirk could do it. He did have some good games. He had some great games. You know, but, but was he the guy that's going to, you know, put the team on his back the way an Aaron Rodgers does or a Brady. And listen, I mean, those guys are few and far between. I mean, it's an unfair, you know, comparison, even though he wanted their kind of money. But it's an unfair comparison, you know, because these guys are truly, truly elite quarterbacks. But we needed somebody that, A, is not going to throw a pick six when you really need him, you know, to, 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 to get us that next set of downs. And, B, you know, in a high-intensity situation, can we at least count on him, you know, possibly being able to score and and i think that that's where the that that's that that's that x factor that regardless of how you look on paper you know the intangibles are something that you really can't quantify and i think that's what alex smith brings Uh, you know laz i'm I'm gonna leave it there because i know you're at redskins offices so so i'm I'm gonna be careful so i'm I'm, I'm gonna leave it i'm with you though i'm gonna leave it right there that the voice of Laz Alonso. As a matter of fact, he's going to announce the Redskins' fourth-round pick. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. You can currently see him in the film as he stars in the film Traffic. Howard University. So I sent out a tweet one time after I had Anthony Anderson on my show, and I, I said, and and he, he used to tell me, so it was you, Anthony Anderson, P. Diddy, uh, Wendy Raquel Robinson, uh, Taraji P., uh, I mean, uh, uh, Don Cannon Lewis. Now. We got Nick now. Yeah, but that well, all at Howard at, at you said who? Nick Cannon. Was, he's what? actually a student there now. Oh, he's a student there now. But I mean, that was all at Howard at the same time. And I remember you retweeted that. What were what were those days like at Howard with all of that collection at talent again there at the same time? You know, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Everyone at Howard, regardless of whether you're in front of the cameras or behind the cameras, it all felt like everyone had shared in the same level of talent. You know, the one thing I always said about Howard was, was it's not the type of place where uh, you could join an organization and all of a sudden be cool. Even within the organization, you had to be the best of the best in that organization in order to stand out from, from the pack and from the crowd. You know, so you didn't have to be a, a an actor or a musician or a party promoter, you know, which it was what Puff was doing at the time. You know, being in school, student government, being the president of your class, you know, be, being in, in, in the school of business and being a top, 
graduate from the School of Business. Like Those were the things that kind of got you props at Howard. And so I think that we were surrounded by so many people constantly shooting for greatness that it, it intoxicates you, you know, and it, and it becomes like this thing that, that drives you, you know, and then you bring that with you into the real world. You know, when I went to, I graduated uh, from the School of Business and I went to, to, to Wall Street before I started acting, you know, and I, I was one of 300 students in my uh, Merrill Lynch class, you know, of, 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 of new Wall Street, you know, sales and training trainees sales and trading trainees, mm -hmm. you know, and me and a brother from Morehouse, we just decided, you know what, we're going to band together and we're going to support each other and we're going to help each other and we're going to get to the top of this class. And, and we did, you know, and that, that's what I feel like, you know, again, it's that intangible thing where, you know, we may not have had the, the best grades going in. There were valedictorians in our class. We, I certainly wasn't a valedictorian, but there is that will to win and that will to be the best. That was kind of something that, you know, I did learn at Howard, and, and I saw it in, in my brother from Morehouse. The one and only Laz Alonso joins us here on the program. Follow him on Twitter at Laz Official. So, now, where did you grow up in, in D.C., in Washington? I grew up in northwest D.C., right by Roosevelt High School. Is that where you uh, went to Roosevelt? My, I didn't. I went to St. John's, actually. Ah. I went to St. John's, and I went to Howard, yeah. Okay, did you play ball so, at St. John's? Uh, you know what? I didn't, man. I uh, I worked my way through school, brother. Okay. So uh, I was at the Henley Park Hotel, which is still there on Massachusetts Avenue, and I was a, I was a doorman and a bellhop, <laughs> you know. <laughs> wow. So I, you know, I learned how to drive on on people's cars, man. You know, at the time I was like, hey, you know, I'm 15 years old with a with a learner's permit, <laughs> but yeah, I can do it. And I, you know, I hope I don't, I hope I don't get anybody in trouble, but yeah, that that's where I worked, and and I made tips, and and I kind of helped. You know, myself through school, along with you know my parents, and 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 that's what I did. So of course we had we had Paula Patton on as well. Talk to me about traffic, man. This movie is is uh you know it's top ten in terms of uh, of gross at least last weekend. Yeah, it came in as one of the top ten movies in the country, uh, number one independent film in the country, um, and you know it's it's a it's a it's a it's an action thriller. You know, you're gonna be on the edge of your seat. You're gonna yell at the screen. Uh, it's a fun movie to watch in spite of it being, you know, a very sensitive topic, you know, because it does address uh, uh, human trafficking. So, you know, the, the director, Deion Taylor, man, I mean, the guy's brilliant. He, he was able to bring a, a subject to light in a way that's fun and entertaining to watch. You know, I mean, if you like thrillers, this definitely, I, I tell people, if you like Get Out, you need to go see Traffic because it's that type of film that just... You know, you're trying to figure the movie out. Just when you think you figure it out, boom, it throws you for a curveball. So uh, it was fun to, to be a part of it. Um, me and Paula, even though the last time we worked together, we were super lovey-dovey and jumping a broom here, there was no love, man. No love. <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we couldn't stand each other on set, but we needed that tension. You know, we had to create that tension. We couldn't give people something they've already seen before. Otherwise, the whole movie would lose its credibility. Right. You know, so we created this tension between us and, and we really didn't didn't let the air out of the bag until finally, you know, during the rap party, she invited me to her to her house. She had a rap party at her house. And when I got the invitation, I said, OK, maybe maybe we can still salvage this friendship. <laughs> <laughs> and, and as soon as I walked into the door, man, she looked at me with a smile on her face and she was like, can we be friends again? That 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 sucked. You know, and I was like, come on, please, let's be friends again. And so we've been cool ever since. Very good. Last two thoughts. You know, I was really feeling um, the whole Megan Good yourself in Deception. I'm sorry, I did not get re at least renewed for a second season. You know what, man? I think that show was ahead of its time. I think today, in today's climate, it would have been a hit show on NBC. You know, but at that time, you know, for some reason, it just did not have, I guess, you know, the numbers that NBC was looking for, and they really didn't know how to promote the show. Um, but uh, in today's time, I feel like, you know, uh, black television has really, really like emerged as a force to be reckoned with. And there's so much support. People are watching so much TV, you know, and, and, you know, thanks to Netflix and Amazon and all the streaming services and stars and all the cable, you know, Showtime, HBO, um, television is a lot more diverse, you know, and at that time, I feel like that we were just starting to turn that corner of diversity in television um, with scandal and how to get away with murder. Like, 
you know, those kind of Shonda Rhimes show had were just starting to pick up steam. Yeah. You know, so yeah, man, I mean, um, uh, that that's that's a show that to this day people still say they they miss and wish that that it that, that it wouldn't have gotten canceled. Absolutely. Lastly, what's next for you? So, what's next for me? Uh, I will be starting next month uh, filming a series for Amazon called The Boys. And basically, if you're if you're familiar with the graphic novel, so it's it's a hit graphic novel called The Boys, written by Garth Ennis, and it talks about you know what if superheroes went bad. Like, how would you stop a Superman if he tried to rob your house? Like, what would you do? You know, and so in this world, it entertains that. You know, superheroes have decided to go rogue. They've decided to stop being the goody little two-shoes helping fight crime, and they've decided to just say, screw it. If I want something, I'm just going to steal it. And so in this world, you know, the boys, which is this small little group, you know, that the CIA put together and then forgot about, and our job is, is to take out superheroes that have gone rogue and have gone mad. He is a huge Redskins fan, and therefore he will be announcing the Redskins' fourth-round pick in this year's NFL Draft. You can check him out on Twitter or follow him on Twitter at LazOfficial. He is Laz Alonso. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Laz, we appreciate the time, man. Continued success in all you do. Thank you so much, and I wish you the same. NBA Talk up next. Box to Road. Box to Road.com. The website for all of your HBCU sports needs. From the game of the week feature to interviews. To the latest news in the world of HBCU sports. Box to Road.com has you covered. Missed a week of From the Press Box to Press Row. Box to Road.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All American teams and weekly media coaches polls. From the Press Box to Press Row. And Box to Row.com. Your HBCU sports leader. It's Donald Ware from the Press Box to Press Row. We're back here on From the Press Box to Press Row. If you're a Cleveland Browns fan, how would you grade the Browns on the draft? They went with Baker Mayfield as the very first pick. And this was coming late. A lot of this on Thursday, it, it was it seemed to be coming out of Cleveland camp that the Browns, in fact, were going to take Baker Mayfield, and you had all of these quarterbacks, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, uh, Rosen, Josh Allen, and ultimately the Browns went with Baker Mayfield. Is he like Johnny Manziel? You know, I, 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 you know, you, you, I don't know. I, I, you just hope that this is the year that the Browns can finally get off the schneid. I mean, one win in the last two seasons and by the way they went with Denzel Ward out of Ohio State the cornerback at number four but they made some decent I thought the Browns made some decent offseason moves they made some decent offseason moves I thought and even at the quarterback position so that if Mayfield's not ready right away they at least have a veteran quarterback there that um, uh, you know can sort of hold down the fort if Mayfield is not ready he's Part of it is is his size at six foot. But, I mean, you've had quarterbacks that have been able to excel in this league that don't have all those intangible things. The You know, the, the, the big height, we, we typically look at a guy, and if he's, you know, you want him to kind of be a prototypical for a big guy, big arm, pocket passer, maybe that has some mobility, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, you know, in, ex, in excess of 220 pounds, or so somebody that can really sling it down the field and has a little bit of mobility and Mayfield doesn't necessarily fit that prototype. He does have some mobility, but he was extremely accurate at Oklahoma one games in on the big stage against Georgia in the national championship though. I mean, he, he was rolling and Oklahoma was rolling early on. And then Georgia just, um, they they buckled down in that defense and it really stymied uh, Mayfield in the second half. But again, to me, that slate is wiped clean. You look at more of the intangible things. Yes, you look at some of the things that a player did in college, but I think that particular slate is wiped clean. So now, you know, he he'll be able to develop in the National Football League with the Browns, with that coaching staff. And we'll see. I, I'm just hoping that this will be the year for the Browns that they can finally 
get something done. And I think they've made some offseason moves that will enable them to do that. Uh, if you're a Capitals fan, you, you gotta, you gotta be feeling like, what's the deal with the Capitals? And give them credit. They started out. Down two games to nothing to Columbus. Another, it, it, it almost looked like a situation where another season for the Capitals was going to be squandered. This year, they didn't have the best record in the NHL like they've had in past years. And, and, and I say past years, meaning last year and, and really like the past four years, three of the past four years or so, they've either, either had the best record or top two or three. Not so much this year. But they got down two to nothing against Columbus, won the next four games to ultimately win that series. But then they go against their nemesis, the Penguins, who are very good. And they go up two to nothing in this game to ultimately lose the game three to two. I mean, and and, and they were in Washington. Is this the year? I mean, if the Capitals don't move beyond the semifinals, is this the year that they make wholesale changes? And when I say wholesale changes, I don't mean Alex Ovechkin. He's going to be there for a while. It's no question about that. But do they make changes with the coach? Do they? What do they do if they can't get past the second round this time around? Now, I know we got a whole lot of hockey left to play. Game two is going to be in Washington on Sunday. But a two to nothing, and, 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 and arguably, this isn't a a, a Penguins team either that is as good as it's maybe has been in past years. They are the defending um, Stanley Cup champions. But I mean, if you're Washington, you got a two nothing lead. You got to be able to close that at home. You got to be able to close. I mean, you got to be able to close that game out. So we're going to see how that plays out. And a lot of times when you have star players, sometimes the star players don't come to play. And so that hampers the rest of the team you can't say that about Alex Ovechkin he's come to play he's come to play this year in the playoffs if my memory serves me correctly he did well last year now maybe if you go back three years ago or so maybe not so much but this guy is the real deal he's come to play he's not the reason that the Capitals are again got down two to nothing and give them credit ultimately came back and won the series over Columbus four to two and then you got a two to nothing lead you got to be able to close that thing out so we'll see what happens in game two on Sunday give Pittsburgh credit as well this the I mean Crosby you know Sid Crosby has been phenomenal you know in the playoffs in the regular season I mean just between him but it's between him and Ovechkin and it's just Crosby has gotten the best of Alex Ovechkin let's switch gears and talk some NBA playoffs here on from the press box to press row and again Hit us up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. If you want to ask a question, email me here at the show, hbcu at BoxToRow.com. Once again, hbcu at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W.com. Or hit me up via Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. We've, this, I, it seems like I say this almost every week with respect to the NBA that, I mean, this playoff series or these playoff series this year have been absolutely tremendous. But again, it goes back to last season, the end of the NBA season last year when the Warriors won the championship. And then you had the offseason with a flurry of moves, probably the biggest move in the offseason with Chris Paul being traded to Houston. And and, 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 and Houston is really, really good. I mean, it's 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 elevated like. If you look at the numbers of James Harden, they haven't, I mean, he's still playing at a tremendous level. And by the way, he definitely, I think LeBron James has had a tremendous season. You see the big shot that he hit. If he doesn't hit that shot, then we're talking about a different series. Because at that point, you have a situation where Indiana would have been up three games to two with an opportunity to close it out. So it would have been a whole different series, but a big game. Was it goaltending on Wednesday? Of course it was. There's no question about it. And, and, and to me, and I'm not going to rehash it because we're long past that particular game, but what's the deal with replay? I, like, I don't like replay. I, I hate it in the National Football League. I hate that's a strong word. I don't like replay in the National Football League because it's so inconsistent. I like the fact that 
when there's a a, a, a a defensive play that's made, they'll look at it. When there's a touchdown that's made, they'll look at it. But sometimes they they get the calls wrong. Sometimes they review it or not. I mean, if it if in in it was the case to me with the block by LeBron James. Why wasn't that play reviewable? That should have been a reviewable play. That ball hit the it hit the backboard first, and then uh, LeBron blocked it. I mean, I'll say this: it's hard to tell what happened in real time because when I initially saw it in live action, it looked like. It looked like it could have been goaltending. And that wasn't my initial thought, though. My initial thought was, wow, what a play. It's tied. Cleveland's going to get the ball back. But something, something struck me. And then, of course, when they showed the replay over and over and over again, it definitely was goaltending. But it's not even the question of whether it was goaltending. It's the question of why don't you review that play? Listen, replay in sports, if it's not going to be perfect, if it's not going to be perfect, then it needs to go away because you're essentially we know that the officials are not perfect. We know that they're going to make bad calls a lot of times. But what's the difference between a bad call they make and then you not using replay like it should be used? I I just I guess I just don't get that. But again, we got a game seven on Saturday. Boston is uh, hosting Milwaukee. What a series that's been when it looked like Boston was getting ready to go up and uh, and maybe get a clear advantage in the series. You have the Celtics that have been a, or the uh, Bucks that have been able to roar back uh, in the really not just in the form of the Greek freak, but that is, I mean, they're playing extremely well. This is going to be a team to contend with. Like I said early on, I didn't think they were going to win against Boston. I think I didn't know if this was their year, much like I said about the 76ers, although I thought they would beat the Heat. And I, I don't know. I may have to change my tune now because I, you know, the 76ers are really, 76ers are really, really good. I thought youth may get to them. They have a couple of obviously veteran players. J.J. Reddick's been there before. Uh, Robert Covington is definitely, definitely a player that has been underrated. But, um, uh, you know, the 76ers are, are, are a really good team. But this game, it, this game seven in Boston Boston's going to have the crowd behind it, and I think ultimately the Celtics are going to be able to pull that out. Then you have Game 1 beginning on Saturday between the Pelicans and the Warriors. This is going to be a really good series. The question for the Warriors is who, A, Steph is going to be out early on, and that they're going to need to be able to, I think, to be able to outscore the Pelicans. you got Drew Holiday, who's playing well. Rondo taking it back to his youth, you know, nine, ten years ago when he helped to lead the Celtics to the championship. And then Anthony Davis. Boy, who is going to guard Anthony Davis? That's going to be a tough series for the Warriors. As we get ready to wrap it up here on From the Press Box to Press Row, thank you to Brandon Parker for joining us on the program, Paula Patton for joining us on the program, and Laz Alonso Alonso for also joining us on From the Press Box to Press Row. For more information on the show, we got some podcasts of some of the HBCU players that have an opportunity to be drafted. You can log on to our website for that at BoxToRow.com. And always remember to support those that Support you from the press box to press row is presented by DW Communications. I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say. If you're bad, you understand what I'm saying? You better. I was born in these streets, raised in these streets, walked in these streets, talked by these streets, lived in these streets. Hustled in these streets, arrested in these streets, protected by these streets, yeah, though I walk through the valley of these streets, shall not be these streets, because I run these streets, and I pay my dues with borrowed pennies.